inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is gonna be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Hour of power, our job, our outcome, if you choose to accept it, is to live the next 60 minutes like it matters, like this 60 minutes have great value to you. And today I want to bring some control. You know, a lot of us need control. We desire control and we fear the lack of control. Matter of fact, many people feel like they have no control of their lives, that they're at the whim of other forces. And I got to tell you, I walk intimately with people. I go deep. I've walked deeply with over 10,000 people at levels that most people have never done with 15 people. And so I, I get inside people's heads and hearts. I see the inner machinations and the fear. The fear of the unknown is a great fear for many. And with that fear comes a related fear, a fear of no control, the fear that I have no control of my life. And when life is what happens to us, then we get into this cycle. It's helpless and hopeless mindset. And then we need a, a savior. Uh, we don't look for God. I'm not talking about a heavenly savior now. I'm not looking for people. A victim always needs a savior, and a victim's not saved quick enough, they become a persecutor. See, when we feel we have no control, then we get depressed and believe that nothing we do matters. And if we believe nothing we do matters, guess what? We do nothing. This confusion begets depression. And today, I want to talk about the power the freedom. I want to talk about what you believe matters. But before we do that, let's get our minds right. Let's take a nice deep breath in through the nose and exhale through the mouth. And now, story time with Mr. Black. There was a young woman who had been diagnosed with a terminal illness. She'd been given three months to live, no more. So she was getting her things in order. She contacted her pastor and had him come to her house to discuss certain aspects of her final wishes. She told him which song she wanted sung at a service, what scriptures she would like read, and, and what outfit she even wanted to be buried in. Everything was in order. And as the pastor was preparing to leave, when, when the young woman suddenly remembered one thing very important to her, she said, oh, oh, oh pastor, uh, there's, there's one more thing. And she said it very excitedly. And the pastor replies, what's that? She said, well, this, this is very important to me. I want to be buried with a fork in my right hand. The pastor stood looking at the young woman, not knowing quite what to say. But again, this is her last wishes. The young woman asked, that surprises you, doesn't it, Pastor? Well, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled, yes, by the request of the pastor. The young woman explained why. She said, my grandmother once told me the story, and, and from that time on, I've always tried to pass along its message to those I love and those who are in need of encouragement. 
in all my years of attending socials and dinners, I always remember that when the dishes of the main course were being cleared, someone would inevitably lean over and say, keep your fork. Keep your fork. It was my favorite part because I knew that something better was coming. I knew that velvety chocolate cake or, or deep dish apple pie or some sweet ice cream, something with whipped cream on it, something wonderful, something with substance was coming. So I just want people to see, see me in that casket with a fork in my hand. And I want them to wonder, what's with the fork? And Pastor, I want you to tell them. Pastor's eyes welled up with tears, tears of joy. As he hung the young woman goodbye, he just held on to her. He knew that this would be probably the last time he would see her before her death. But he also knew that the young woman had a better grasp of heaven than she did. She had a better grasp of what heaven would be like and many people twice her age with twice as much experience, twice as much knowledge. See, she knew, she believed that something better was coming. At the funeral, people were walking by the young woman's casket and they, they saw the cloak she was wearing and the fork placed in her right hand. Over and over, the pastor heard the whispering, the murmuring, what's with the fork? There's a fork in her hand. Why is there a fork there? During his message, the pastor told the people of the conversation he had with a young woman shortly before she died. He also told them about the fork and about what it symbolized to her. He told the people how he could not stop thinking about the fork and told them that they would probably not be able to stop thinking about it either. He was right. So the next time you reach down for your fork, let it remind you ever so gently that the best is yet to come. Or better yet, let me tell you something, and this is from the words of Mr. Black. God's not done with you yet. You're not finished yet. Those of you who know my wife, Ms. Black, Valerie, she tells a story that one day she's uh, sitting on a friend's couch doing drugs, stone, drunk, sitting around with a whole bunch of friends, you know, 19, 20 years old. And at some point it hit her. She says, I'll never forget the words she told me. She says, I sat there and I, this word in my head said, is this it? Is this it? There has to be more to life, she started thinking and feeling. She was lost. She had no reason. There was nothing to look forward to. The world was dark. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of people that feel that way. Not too long after that, her mom went to my training. Because not too long after that, her dad went to my training. And after a while of kicking and screaming and dragging, she attempted to quit twice. She went to class and it changed her life. See, that's why I do this radio show. This radio show is not to sell my leadership training. My leadership training is by referral only. I've been doing it for 31 years. 
you can't get to my training unless you're referred by somebody else. Now, you can be referred by Mr. Black on the radio, yes. But it's tough. It's a fire furnace. And ladies and gentlemen, today I want to really go into it. A lot of people feel helpless, hopeless. A lot of people have seen their country die. A lot of people can't believe the country we live in. A lot of people are scared for their kids. A lot of people are afraid for the future. A lot of people are uncertain. And that confusion begets many things. Fear, uh, it, it, laziness, covetousness, gluttony. Boy, the seven deadly sins sure do show up when our lives are falling apart. And so today I want to give you hope. Today I want to give you back control because I'm a control freak. And I've lived my life with the saying, screw me once, shame on you. Screw me twice, <laughs> shame on me, right? But in that little self-talk, I've, I've kept people at a distance. But today I want to talk about control because I want you to know that you have a lot more control than you realize. Too many people think that they have no control. And when you believe that you have no control, then you do nothing about it. But if you believe that you have control, if you believe that no matter how bad today is, if you believe that tomorrow can be better, you will act different. You will respond different. You will sacrifice. You will put your needs aside and, or your wants aside for those needs that are important. So today, I want to give you hope. Today, we're talking about I believe. We'll be back after these commercial messages. My show is about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body and we don't know how it works. We are born into it. But man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive, professional, communication training, to to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before. And it's, there's nothing like it. There's, there's, there's no way to explain it with words. You have to experience it. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. It's not only changing lives, it's saving lives. That's likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And today, we're talking about what we believe. And you know, it's really, really important what we believe. Because everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system. You know, I go back to if you have kids... You know, I have a little kid, and, and they believe there's a monster under their bed. They believe there's a monster in their closet. Now, we all know uh, there are no monsters. There are spirits. There are all kinds of stuff. I'm not saying there aren't weird stuff out there. But there's no monster under that child's bed. 
There's no monster in that child's closet. But as you hold that child in your bed and their heart is beating through their chest, as you hold that child and they are grabbing a hold of you and they are soaking your nightgown with their tears, as they clinch onto you like someone who's being ripped from a safe place, you got my point? Of course there's no monster. Of course there's no monster in the closet. Of course there's no monster under their bed. But they believe there is. And so their body acts as if. You know, I love stories. Stories are multidimensional abacus. There's, there's so many levels of depth of knowledge. As a matter of fact, there's a great book out there called Tell Me a Story. I read it decades ago. And it just goes through how the brain processes stories. It's multidimensional learnings. It's a nut. Remember I talk about I'm a nut, a nutrient-dense uh, instrument. That's me. A farmer was taking three of his donkeys for sale to the market, and on the way, uh, he saw a river. So he wanted to stop. He'd been walking for a while, still not much time on his journey. And so he decided to, to just stop, tie up the donkeys, and take a dip, have a swim, cool down a little bit. But the problem is, he only had two ropes. He had a third rope. He don't know what happened to the third rope. So he, he, he tied up one donkey with one rope. He tied up a second uh, donkey with the other rope. And then he started looking around, wondering, how is he going to tie up the third one? And as he's looking around, looking around for things, he, he saw a sage, you know, a, a wise man, the Dalai Lama, right? And so he goes over, this is a smart man, he'll tell me what to do, maybe he has a rope himself. So he went and sought help, see if he could maybe give him a rope, if nothing else, to tie up the third donkey. So after talking to the sage, the sage did not have a rope. But the sage had a suggestion. He said to the farmer, listen. Untie the first two donkeys and make sure you tie them up again, but let the third donkey see you tying the other two donkeys to a tree. Then you pretend to tie this one also. Pretend to just tie the third donkey. And the farmer did as he was told. And as he started walking away, he was surprised that the third donkey stayed right there. He didn't attempt to follow him like he normally would. So the farmer did as he was told, the donkey stayed, and he went for a dip in the river. Coming back, he thanked the sage so much, he was so appreciative, he cooled down, he's ready for his long journey, and he looked over at the donkeys as he was talking and saw that the donkeys had stood exactly in the same spot where he had left them. So he's ready to move on now, he unties one donkey, and ties the other donkey, uh, and he starts to walk along. And he pats the third one to start moving, but after going a little distance, he realized he only had two donkeys with him. Uh, oh, just two. One of them was still standing there uh, at the same spot. Didn't budge, didn't move at all. Um, imagine his surprise when it was the third donkey, the one that he pretended to tie, that wouldn't move. The farmer went back and cajoled the donkey to move, kicked the donkey, did everything he could to make the donkey move. He went all uh, hamming on him. And he told him his predicament. He had to go back to the sage and say, hey, uh, brother, something's, something's not right here. I uh, untied the two donkeys and started walking away, but now the third donkey won't go with me. And the sage looked at him almost flippantly. And said, 
did you untie the third donkey? And, and now the guy's wondering, <laughs> remember me? Remember me? I'm the guy that came to you and told you I only had two rows. Uh, and I only typed two of my donkeys, and you suggested that I pretend to type the third donkey. Remember that guy? That's me. The other donkey isn't tied. The sage said, you know that. I know that. But does the donkey know that? Sure enough, the farmer went back and pretended to untie the donkey. And with that, the donkey moved immediately, as though released, and walked over to join the other two donkeys. Now, I know this is just a story. I get it. I get it. But are you willing to glean where few can glean from? You know, I, I love the Bible. It's basic instruction for, for, uh, before leaving this earth. And the stories in the Bible, whether you believe in the risen Christ or not, are, are stories of wisdom. There's a story in there about the sower and the seed. And the sower is spreading the seed. And he spreads the seed out, and it lands on four different terrains. One is uh, good soil, one is weedy soil, uh, one is uh, shallow soil, and one is kind of a concrete pass. So that's basically, you got my gist. And so he spreads on the soil, and he talks about how the other three soil areas, the terrain, don't work. The one on gravel never really pops up. The birds just eat it. The one with the weeds starts growing up, gets overcome by the weeds. And the ones on shallow soil start growing really nice, and they die because they have nothing to sustain them. But he says the other soil, boy, it produces 30, 60, 100 times. And then God goes back, Jesus goes back and tells what the story means. Because a parable, if you don't get what a parable is, a parable takes something you know, or I should say something you don't know, and lays it next to something you do know, and you transfer the knowledge. That's what a parable is. You lay beside. That's what para means, come, come beside. And so he tells a story. He said the seed is the word of God. The, the sower uh, is God. Uh, and the soil is the heart. The condition of the heart. And I'm not going to go through the whole story and all they should read. It's a great, great wisdom there. But one thing I always say when I, when I talk about that, it's, it's the same seed. Maybe you didn't hear me. It's the same seed. Spencer, is this thing on? I don't think they heard me. <laughs> it's the same seed. See, the same seed produced nothing in one area. Produce something for a little while in one area. You got my point? In one area, it's just bird food. But in one area, it wasn't finished yet. It kept growing and growing and growing and growing. It's not done yet. There was more to the story. It kept growing and growing and growing and growing. See, ladies and gentlemen, we get bound upon by the strangest things. Imaginary real, the unconscious mind does not differentiate between Hollywood and reality. Many have been tied to the future based on ropes and knots that were secured in the past. I'll say that again because you might want to write that down. Many have been tied to the future based on ropes and knots that were secured in the past. And yeah, you could put just Mr. Black under that. Because I live it. I've seen it. 
people are have a limiting belief system. By the time a child is five years old, Dr. Alfred Adler says the majority of their map of reality is in place. Remember, we are little meaning makers. And after the break, I'm going to go through how all this ties together with logo therapy, transactional analysis, how it all goes together. And, and what's going on is called fifth generation warfare. It's a battle for the narrative. It's a battle for your beliefs. The Bible talks about a great falling away. At the end, the great apostasy, and, and I believe the great apostasy uh, is in place because the there's going to be a great revival. It's going to be in the great tribulation. When people realize God wasn't kidding, uh, there's going to be a lot of come to Jesus moments. And people realize the time is now. Um, people are going to be dropping to their knees like flies in a honey patch because, oh my gosh, it's real. God is long suffering, and that suffering. It's coming to an end. And so you got to realize that I don't care where your life's at. You can change it. But it starts with your belief systems. It starts knowing the foundation. It starts with a flesh operating system or a God operating system. You know, there's a great song by Maverick City Music. I love Maverick City Music. I actually like Dante Bow way better than Maverick City Music, but I kind of got Dante Bow. He's, uh, he's on my playlist. Dante Bow is one of my favorite artists. He rocks. He's incredible. But he's the lead guy in this song, Make It Right, by Maverick City Music. And he says, the lyrics are so powerful. He says, I remember when sin was sin. I remember when wrong was wrong. I remember when we all fell short and got back up much quicker than before. I remember when the left was left. Said I remember when we had respect. I remember when my mother said no, it's exactly what she meant. And then she followed up and said, because I said so. Anybody remember that? When we knew what right was, we knew what wrong was, we knew it was wrong to treat someone poorly or differently because of the color of their skin. We knew that people are different than us, but that's okay because God has beauty in the differences. We knew that there was a God and we weren't him and we knew that we were to follow after him. We knew that America was blessed to be a blessing to other countries. We knew that we were put here to be a beacon of light. We knew that one of our outcomes was to give our children a better world than the one we inherited? Remember those things we used to remember? We used to recollect? We used to remind? Ladies and gentlemen, you change your thinking, you change your life. That's not always good, but it can be. Today, we're talking about what do you believe? I'm Black. We'll be right back. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. You've had a difference in your relationship with God, too. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I was I was raised in a church uh, and I kind of stepped away uh, in, in my adult life. And this class kind of brought me right back to, to my faith. And that's a huge, huge part of my life that's just been missing. And I just, I, I feel rejuvenated, if that makes sense, that, you know, knowing that God's walking right next to me every day, every night. You know, he's right here for me and everyone else for that matter. But he's here for, for me right yeah. now. And you have some peace, don't you? Oh, it's, it's, 
it's really amazing. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional, That's okay. but it's 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 amazing. It's an amazing feeling inside my heart. Like it matters unique approach allows people to see, hear and experience leadership in motion. Like it matters radio. Radio like it matters. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. You know, anytime I truly believe that you can change your life, uh, I've uh, done it myself. I've seen thousands of people do it. It really is about our beliefs. I, I know it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse and I am good. If if I was given trophies for what I'm really good in life, I would have a trophy for beating a dead horse because I seem to be really good. I am metaphor man. My wife laughs every time I have a learning because everything I see, I see 22 metaphors for. I see, you know, I just made chili. I made resurrection chili. So she goes, why is it called resurrection chili? I said, because I put black beans in their kidney beans, I mean red beans, kidney beans, and I put the white, the great white northern beans. So I go, the red beans are for Jesus' shed blood, and the white beans are how Jesus makes us once we accept his shed blood. <laughs> and she starts laughing, like, do you have a metaphor for everything? I go, unfortunately, I do. But I see things over and over and over, and I, I've seen, it's a belief. The greatest thing that we have uh, in our lives is our beliefs. I, I know that sounds overstated, it's not. Everything we do or do not do is driven by our beliefs. Thomas Sowell calls it the conflict of visions. Now, Thomas Sowell, I, I don't know if he's a Christian or not, I assume he is, but he doesn't talk about godly things in a godly way, no big deal. Uh, many, many people in the marketplace don't. I, I do. Why do you think I'll never be rich and famous? Because I do honor Jesus. Uh, but I love Thomas Sowell, and he calls it the conflict of visions. There's the, the two different visions, and, and one is really uh, one that believes in God and one that believes in no God, or man as God, I should say. Now, he calls them the constrained or the unconstrained, the constrained vision and the unconstrained vision. Uh, but it comes down to your belief systems. And later we're going to talk about, this is why I br br bring up the logical levels all the time, six levels of belief. But... You know, it really comes down to this existential crisis we're in. And a lot of people think, well, I'm just a housewife. I'm just a college student. I just work, I just run a forklift, Trevor. You're not just a forklift driver, Trevor. Lisa, you're not just a housewife. Bob, you're not just a construction worker. You are a child of God. You are a living epistle. You are being watched. Not by the watchers, although they're watching too. They are. They are watching. But by people. People always watch us. Live your life knowing that people are always watching. What are they looking for? They're looking for reasons why not. 
They're looking for reasons to be skeptical. They're looking for reasons to be bitter. They're looking for reasons to justify their hate. I hate to tell you, it's part of the flesh. See the great apostasy, the falling away. Don't you get it? There must come the great falling away. That's where we're at. But you know what causes the great falling away? The change in beliefs. This is why the great apostasy has happened. We change what we believe. You take an inventory. These are Christians. People call themselves born-again Christians. And something like almost 70% believed in the statement that man is basically good. Oh, my gosh. That's anti-biblical. That's heretical. The Bible is clear that man is basically evil. That every desire from his heart is wicked. I mean, look at Jeremiah. I think it's Jeremiah, maybe Ezekiel, but I think it's Jeremiah. Jeremiah had a vision where uh, the angel took him into this place and had him dig a hole in the wall. And inside the wall, he saw pornography and all terrible stuff. And he said, what am I looking at? He said, you're looking at the minds of the religious leaders. See, that's why the battle's in the mind. We've got to clean up. We have a lot of bitterness, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. We have a lot of stuff we did bad. We have these voices in our head. We hear thirty to 60,000 thoughts per day. They're self-talk. And a lot of us, man, we don't listen to what's going on, and there's abuse in there, self-abuse, repeating lies that were told about us, replaying abuse and abandonment, uh, molestations, and dot, dot, dot. This is a family show. And we remind ourselves, we recreate it, we recollect it, we remember it, we put it back together, and we re-experience it. Remember, the brain is a sensory-based organ. We experience life one time and then store it as pictures, words, feelings, smells, taste, olfactory, gustatory, visual, auditory, kinesthetic. Every single memory you have is stored in those five senses. And when you reactivate those five senses, you put yourself in the now moment, what you were seeing, what you were hearing, what you were feeling, and if possible, what you were smelling or you were tasting, you recreate the experience. You have deja vu all over again. This is how you work. What do you think PTSD is? It's on autopilot. You're replaying a tra traumatic, terrible thing, but you're reliving it. As you replay it, you're reminded what it looked like. You're reminded what it sounded like. You're reminded what it felt like. And by putting yourself back in the first-person position and re-experiencing those, you are reliving it. It's like you're there. My dad used to have night terrors from Vietnam. We'd wake up thinking he was in Nam and start punching. He attacked my mom a couple times. Because he was reliving it. What do you think of dreams? Some dreams are so vivid. Why? Because beautiful, bright color. The feelings are real. I mean, trust me, people have had these other dreams we're not going to talk about because we're a family show that you're asleep and some weird stuff happens because all what you're thinking, because to think is to create. The good book says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. NLP tells us that when you recreate the visual, the auditory, and the kinesthetic, you recreate the experience. And so what I want to give you is hope that you can draw a line in the sand at any time. I don't care what your life has been up until now, what it's been. If it's been good, you can make it better. If it's been bad, you can make it right. See, that's what the song was about. I love the song, Make It Right. So I love the song by Maverick City Music. If you haven't heard it, Make It Right. It's an older song. And then the chorus is, you can take what's wrong and you can make it right. With some holy conviction, a little love and correction, you can take these burdens and give us ones that's light. So you can start new.
This is why I love the good book. And again, this is not a religious show. It's just a book of wisdom. Read a book now and then that doesn't have smarter vampires in it. It's God's instruction manual. I mean, you buy a car, if you open up your glove compartment, what do you know? There's an owner's manual in there. It tells you all the gadgets, tells you where you find the jack, tells you what all the little lights on the dashboard mean. It tells you all the secret compartments. It tells you all the secret things to make it run better and keep it going. Guess what? God gave you one of those. It's called the Bible. It's not a religious class. It's just common sense class. You realize for most of the history of this country, the Bible was the cornerstone of our education until the Supreme Court banned the Bible from school. And that was the opening of the doorway. Read Jonathan Kahn's uh, The Return of the Gods. We, we cleaned out the strong man's home. We got rid of the strong man, but we didn't put anything back in there. We took out the word of God, and then seven times more powerful demons came back. And, and all the stuff that Israel went through, uh, America times seven. Yeah, we're going to experience seven times. The Bible's pretty clear about that. And we opened the door. We kicked God out of the classroom. We kicked his word out of the school. We kicked his word out of our government. Today in America, under Joe Biden's tutelage, Jesus Christ is the leader of the largest hate group in America. Just put that one on. Look how quick things change. You go from hating Trump to now hating God. Isn't that incredible? We're talking about elections. Remember Joe Biden said this election is about the soul of America. Guess what? Beelzebub won. The soul of America. But I want to go back to what my wife said. It's not over. You know, I've heard this said before that there's no retirement in the Bible. And by the way, that's a lie. There is retirement in the Bible. It's in Leviticus. Uh, I think 55 years old high priest is to uh, uh, retire. But what they're saying is God's not ever finished with you yet. And I got two great examples real quick. And then after the break, we're going to go into logotherapy. We're going to go to logical levels. So I see how all this ties together and why what you believe matters. But if you think about it, it's two people in the Bible. One guy's name is Manasseh. Now, Manasseh is considered, was called one of the worst kings who ever lived. Manasseh, though, comes from a great father, Hezekiah. Hezekiah is one of the great revivals uh, in Israel. Uh, I should say it's actually Judah. Uh, one of the great revivals. But the story uh, for Hezekiah is, I think it was 185,000. He prayed, and without lifting a, a, a sword, I think 185,000 of the Syrians were killed by an angel of the Lord. And so he was ready to die. He, uh, he prayed for more time. God gave him 25 more years. In that time frame, Manasseh was born. So if he didn't, God didn't give him 25 more years, you'd never know who Manasseh was. But Manasseh was evil, wicked. You know how evil, wicked Manasseh was? He had Isaiah sawed in two. That's extra biblical. You won't find in the Bible. But he had Isaiah sawed in two. That's how evil but near the end of his life, he turned. He turned. Something changed. In his distress, King Manasseh sought the favor of the Lord, and he humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. Second Chronicles 33, 12-13. And you know the next one is Samson. Samson messed up so bad. Samson pretty messed up bad. He, let his, uh, he was thinking with the wrong head. I'll just put it that way. And Samson was caught and captured and was going to die a shame. But the very end, in Judges 16, Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by the hand, place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. I want to rest against them. 
Now the temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistine rulers were there, and there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who watched as Samson amused them. But what Samson did, Samson gets the last laugh. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again, O God. Please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines. Then Samson put his hands on the two pillars, held up the temple, pushing against them with both hands. He prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. Ready for this last sentence? So he killed more people when he died than when he had during his entire lifetime. See, Samson disgraced and humiliated himself, but it wasn't even over for Samson. Samson went out in a blaze of glory. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you're at now, if you believe you can be better, you can go someplace else, you will. Come back after the break. I'll show you how. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the radio show, Like It Matters. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I believe, I believe, I believe it is the one phrase that you could almost put on the front of every single sentence that comes out of your mouth. I believe that Republicans are this. I believe that Joe Biden is this. I believe that women are this. I believe that my wife is this. I believe my kids are this. I believe everything we do or do not do is driven by belief. I want to give you back some power, some control, because there's so much out of our control. America is not America anymore. It's a foreign country. Uh, I don't know what this country is, this new progressive Joe Biden America, but it's uh, it's not a country following after God. It's not a country of morals and values. Uh, it's no different than China and Russia. I hate to tell you. I mean, it's just a sad reality. Uh, we're just a bunch of squirrels working to get our nut and thinking our nut and the way we get it is better than and everybody else's nut and the way they get their nut. Apart from God, nothing makes us special. I hate to tell you that. And so let me give you back some control. Let me give you back some control. So remember Dr. Covey used to talk about in his seven habits of highly effective people in his time management piece. He talked about these two circles, circle concern. Circle concern encompasses the wide range of concerns we have, you know, health, uh, children, problems at work, you know, just the temporal world. Circle of influence encompasses those concerns that we can do something about. They are concerns that we have some control over. See, this is what, now Dr. Covey talks about that we got to focus on those things where the two circles cross. So those things that concern us and those things that we have influence. Uh, focusing on those things that bother you that you have no control over. That's why I'm having a hard time being involved with politics anymore. 
because they can see the jigs up. I mean, I can see it's set up that no matter what, John Fenterman, you could have ran Wally the Walrus. Uh, against Dr. Oz. And Dr. Oz is a sharp man, a good man, a businessman, a doctor. And you could have put a, a D after Wally the Walrus. And Wally the Walrus were to be Dr. Oz because Wally the Walrus would pull the plug for abortions. It's all about abortions. So as long as that D is going to get un, unfettered access to abortions, it doesn't matter who the candidate is. And right now, in at least half the states, at least half, if not more, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who the candidate is. All that matters is the initial after their name, and most of those are D's. Uh, Republicans still have to fight uh, for their seats, but D's basically are are locked in until they decide to do something else. They live off the government. It's just the way it is. And so Stephen Covey defined proactive as being responsible for our own lives. Our behavior is a function of our decisions, not our conditions. I'll say that again, because just like you get equality and equity messed up, you also got this bass backwards. Our behavior is a function of our decisions, not our conditions. See, there's personal responsibility that America doesn't teach anymore. Proactive people focus on issues within their circle of influence. They work on things they can do something about. The nature of their energy in doing this is positive, enlarging, magnifying. They increase their circle of influence. So that's why I do this radio show. Be a part of it. You can listen live anywhere in the world. All you got to do is go to www.freedom1570.com and listen anywhere 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Central Standard time within a half hour of the show being done at 1230 central center time my producers post on, on like it matters this radio show as a podcast also if you want some scripture go to way of warrior.blog way of warrior.blog i send it out daily uh, and i also have a podcast where if you listen to podcasts it's a bi-weekly podcast which is different than like it matters radio uh, just search uh, living life like it matters wherever you listen to podcasts uh, just found out uh, we're in the top 200 for some reason in columbia for some reason i have a huge following in columbia before i run out of time like i do all the time let's talk about how all this makes sense first of all what we're talking about is existential i need you to get this word. This is the base belief. See, your existential questions are the meaning in life. These existential belief systems are critical. And I'm going to tell you what, uh, Dr. Adler tells us by the time a child is five years old, the majority of their map of reality is in place. Can I suggest that most people, because of the world we live in today, have never asked that existential question, what is the meaning of life? And then what is the meaning of my life? See, there are two questions. What is the meaning of life? Why did God create man in this world? And then what is the meaning of my life? Don't you get it? In other words, who am I, essentially? What is my true nature, essence? Now with this whole uh, gender crap, you know, now no one knows who they are. All this dysphoria. They don't know what sex they are. They don't know what bathroom to wear or use. They don't know what clothes to wear. They don't know what pronoun. Do you see all the questions now? We don't ask ourselves, why am I here anymore? Now we ask, what's my pronoun? We don't ask ourselves anymore, why do I get up each day, do what I do, go home at night, get there to do it again and again and again. We ask ourselves, do I wear a dress or do I wear jeans? We don't ask ourselves, how can I help people today? We ask ourselves, how can I get money for being the victim I am? I should at least get five, ten million dollars. Look at all the stuff that's happened in my past. Someone's got to pay me for this. Yeah, how much did Jesus Christ make? Man, we are so messed up. That's the point. What is my greater purpose? 
which that question leads to how should I live my life? See, those are all belief systems and it's called an existential crisis. Think about this. If you defined yourself as an athlete, if you were told all your life you're an athlete, you're an athlete, athlete, and therefore being an athlete is what gives your life meaning, you'd probably face an existential crisis if you were injured. It happens all the time. Or if you simply grow, grew old in your body. Look at these beautiful actresses that lose their looks and then they're lost. They don't know what to do. Think if you could no longer as an athlete compete in your sport, or maybe you're deeply, deeply in love and have planned the rest of your life around somebody only to learn that they don't love you at all. The same happens for those who define themselves. They find their deepest meaning in something as a parent, and then the children all move out. Emptiness, they don't, they're not needed anymore, right? Or are you a soldier fighting a war for what you were led to believe uh, was a people who would greet you as a liberator, as a hero, but then you learn they actually hate you and want to kill you. Do you see? These are uh, epiphanies that rock your world. You got to realize these are existential crises forcing us to ask ourselves what our true natures, our true meaning. And right now, it's, we're struggling, which takes us into something called life scripts. This is what you got to know. We have life scripts. These are what's put in place by the time we're five years old. This is what I'm talking about. Now, life scripts, this is from the UK uh, Transactional Analysis Association. Life scripts was developed by Eric Byrne. The notion is that our stories are very much written unconsciously. From birth, from zero to seven years, all the roles are allocated, including our own as the leading person. And by seven, this is what they're saying here, by seven, all the main parts of the story are plotted. Think about that. Then they're tweaked and buffed through to the age of 12 years old. We rely heavily on fantasy-based beliefs through our younger years. Therefore, it is through adolescence that our scripts are continually updated with more tangible characters. Have you considered the questions about your script? What title would you give your life story, your script? If you were to take it right now, what type of story is it? Is it happy? Is it tragic? Is it magical? Mystical? This was developed in the 60s, and, and a script is a life plan. This life plan definition is formulated by experiences in the world and with others. And in that process, we create belief systems. And these belief systems steer the direction of our adult life patterns. And the script is always directed toward payoff. The final scene, it's an integral cry, right? The payoff, what's the payoff? And a script is decisional. We, we, we decide at some point, conscious or unconscious. It's reinforced by our parents. It's outside of our awareness. We're going to go through this this week. Probably tomorrow I'm going to break all this down, which makes us realize reality is defined to justify the script. See, we may be aware of patterns and of a feeling of being stuck in the script, but we don't know why, which leads us to logotherapy, which is the pursuit of meaning from one's life. Dr. Victor Frankl in Logotherapy said that man has a will to meaning. And it's through this process that we create our belief systems. This is what I'm telling you. This isn't an opinion show. This is science. This is how you work. And we got to go back in and take a look at the life script. We got to go back in and reframe. We got to go back and see, have you ever answered those existential questions? Do you know who you are? Do you know why you're here? Do you know whose you are? This is why I do the radio show, but the radio show is good for to ponder. But the radio show is best served as dessert, not an hors d'oeuvre. You have dessert at the end. You have hors d'oeuvres for 
this radio show is a great way to be introduced to how I can help you live your life like it matters. But nothing replaces going the two and a half day experience. Go to likeitmatters.net. Get yourself in a class. I'll work with anybody. We never let money be a reason why, why people go or not. So I'll work with you. But if you want to change your life, if you want to take a look at your belief systems and get rid of those that don't serve you well and adopt ones that are going to serve you better, well, the time is now. Go to likeitmatters.net and you'll find what you've been looking for. You're under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.